This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. To practical spirituality here in Asia Torah, in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. Um, we're, we're just going to take a random question before we begin today. So if you can just flip the camera, there's a little, little flipper there. Uh, yes, what's your question, nice lady? If the Torah got us I, to... I was asking this. <laughs> 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 that was random. <laughs> oh, she had raised her hand. Before. Okay, go ahead. I have a question about the name. This is called Practical Spirituality. And I checked the definitions, and they're literally opposites. Nice! Yes. That's your question? I love it. Okay, uh... Exactly the branding that I created for this class. It's called practical spirituality. Think about it. When you think of a practical person, do you think of someone spiritual? Not very. And when you think of a spiritual person, do you think of someone practical? Not very. <laughs> so, but Judaism's about practical spirituality, meaning you to be the most spiritual person that ever lived. Yo, welcome. A couple seats over here. You're supposed to be the most spiritual person that anyone ever met, and yet the most practical person. That ever met. You have to be as ancient as the Ten Commandments and prophecy, and you have to be as as progressive as nanotechnology. And that is really that's really Judaism in a nutshell. You know, I, I put this on the board a lot, so I'll do it again, but at for at a risk of being trite for putting this on the board a lot. But if you look at the word <laughs> that's not an S. I mean if you look at the that's why I was thinking about coffee. If you look at the word spiritual, you will see exactly this class. Spiritual, I already spelled it. <laughs> Whoa. Faster Lucian. So, <laughs> Lucian went for the coffee, and he better start running. Okay. You guys are going to freak how sensitive I am to substances. <laughs> what will happen to me once I get that coffee? So, anyway, but what two words do you see there, ladies and gentlemen? Spirit and ritual. Excellent. You see the word spirit, okay? And you see the word ritual. They're both in there. And and then, of course, if you're from Texas, y'all. Okay? Now, that's just for ADHD people to laugh. Now, the spirit and ritual are both in there. Now, think about these words. Now, ritual is a lot easier to define because when someone does a ritual, it takes place in the physical world. It's tangible. You can video a ritual, right? Yeah. Tell me, can you video a spirit? No. Can't video a spirit. What does it even mean? What's the Latin of spirit? You know what it means? Spire, perspire, respire, inspire, expire. It has to do with lung, air in lungs. doesn't have a real English translation. It means air in lungs. If you run... You're going to get a lot of air in your lungs. You're going to wind up perspiring. If you pass out, you're gonna, they're going to put a respirator on you. If you see the Swiss Alps, you're going to be inspired. Okay? If, you, if, you, if they can't respire you from passing out, you're going to expire. Okay? So, oh, thank you so, so much. That looks perfect. <laughs> this is drugs. <laughs> Did you know that did you know that caffeine was a Native American ceremonial 
thing, sorry, a South American ceremonial thing that only took place in the jungle in the middle of the night where a shaman would come out with real hardcore coffee and and freak you out with ultimate clarity. You ever drank like a little too much coffee and you wind up with like insights and all kinds of clarity, stuff like that? So before anyone ever had caffeine in the system, the only way you could have had that ever take place was if you were in a full shamanistic ceremony in the jungle of the Amazon. Hit hard with caffeine. Tripping on caffeine. And the same thing, uh, tobacco was never public. It was in the Amazon, and it was something that was only used ceremonially, ceremonially, never inhaled. Passed around like a peace pipe sometimes in the ceremony. Certainly tobacco, this sacred tobacco of the Amazon being blown on the different, uh, different ritual uh, uh, vessels they use there. Never inhaled. Comes along Western man, infects these tribes, including our tribe, with their garbage and their disease and their, and their killing and their, and their uh, imperialization and turning all of Costa Rica into a banana plantation until they starve to death because you can't feed your country off bananas. And they liked the caffeine. They liked the caffeine. Turned into a beverage. They turned a ceremonial thing into a beverage. I only use caffeine for spiritual purposes. And, the, uh, and nicotine I don't use at all, but when the natives saw the, Amer- the uh, Westerners inhale it, they were like, uh, not like that. It's not for the lungs. But the Westerners like it in their lungs and created one of the worst, most vicious diseases ever uh, via that. And so, but it's not just that. Caffeine has killed... A lot of Westerners. Uh, there's a couple seats here, not so much for Sam girls. Maybe Lucian sit here, and then we'll let these two ladies sit here. Yeah. Sit next to Alex. Yeah. Ladies, we got spots for you right now. This is the special table for two Sam girls. Sure. And it, it's going to get hot. This room has one source of ventilation. Um, the reason we're not using the AC is because if the heat's on in that big room, which gets frozen, and this AC will come out heat, which would be really bad right now. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, they both wound up killing Westerners. Why? Because if you have a garbage diet, which Amazonian people never had, if you have a garbage diet, caffeine in the morning will mask it. Because people who eat garbage, and especially they eat late at night, they wake up like completely blown out but caffeine will mask that and you can just keep eating a stupid western diet as long as you just keep the caffeine in your bloodstream you'll feel you'll feel pretty much normal and so it allows for a, a lousy diet and the and the nicotine killed the rest of them so it's kind of like god's sense of humor how caffeine was turned into a beverage and uh and nicotine was turned into something you inhale And just since I'm on that topic, there's millions of dollars donated to try to help the people of the rainforest, like to get their, to, you know, help them back into their ancestral lands, help to protect them on their ancestral lands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all those ancestral lands and all those people and all their traditions, you know, it's very sad for us. What they'll do to film them is they'll show a tribal person in Rio de Janeiro, like, as like a prostitute or a 
God knows what, and like meaning they've just skidded out badly, having left the jungle. Having left the jungle, they left the canopy, and things went south quick. Someone who leaves their ancestral traditions, things go bad quickly because there's thousands of years of tradition how to live life with well, with wellness. But Westerners, they're not about wellness. They're about now. They sell their birthright for a bowl of soup. Okay, they're they're people who only look at the minute. Their memory for news is three days. Tribal people remember things forever. If they were ever wronged, they're going to be real careful forever. But here's the thing, is all of us don't seem to give a damn about meeting secular Jews who have skidded out just as badly. Okay, maybe they're not prostitutes. Maybe they're CEOs of companies. But spiritually, they're in travail. Their children have lost their parents badly. And we're all just totally chill about that. No one's, National Geographic's never come around Israel to come help us. Did you know the Yemenite Jews? A 2,500-year time capsule of tribal Judaism because they didn't even come back for the Second Temple. They were in Yemen for 2,500 years. They didn't, the Second Temple, they didn't come. So when we found the Yemenites, it was after 2,500 years, they were still with the original Hebrew, the original everything. And uh, because our Hebrew is a little, you know, adulterated, depending what country we were living in. Like, it's not really Shabbos. And all the Sephardim who say Shabbat, that's also not right. Shabbat, the word Taf without a dot in it is a TH, which is kind of funny because the English old books that say Sabbath are the most accurate. Mm. Yeah, except for that it's not an S, it's a Shin. So it's Shabbat. So the Yemenites were this time capsule. They had all that. You know what happened? When they flew to modern state of Israel... Somehow they got word back. I think with the next group that went, the next group that went back to gather more uh, Yemenites to come back to Israel on the Operation Ma- uh, Magic Carpet, and the Iraqis, the Iranis, and all of them came here. So the next trip that came back went to the the elders, the tribal leaders of the Yemenites. They went to the elders and they said, "Don't send one more Jew to the state of Israel. The state of Israel is going to tear apart everything." of everything we've preserved for these 2,500 years. And guess what happened? They sent back that plane empty. The elders said nobody else is going. No one wanted to go either. Even the elders are the, the, our elders are always our lifeline. It wasn't like they like prevented him from getting on the plane. Everyone was like, Phew. and they're, they're and the, and many of them were split up families, meaning siblings had already gone. So it was like catching up with your siblings or maybe your parents never to be caught up. But it was worth it. It was worth it. Because, because had National Geographic had any idea that the state of Israel was taking thousands of year old tribal traditions and, and completely washing them out into some Ashkenazic, secular, humanism, you know, liberal, socialist, you name it-ism, had they had any idea that this was going to be happening... National Geographic would have prevented the state of Israel from bringing those people in without at least designating lands for them where their traditions could be carried out and then do their utmost to protect thousands of year old traditions. Now, why didn't that happen to the Ashkenazim? Because the Ashkenazim, the Ashkenazim uh, 150 years earlier, at the beginning of the Enlightenment, saw what enlightened Jews look like in Europe. And they were like, that's where the black hat world came. You guys wonder where the black hats are from? Black hats are from when, when the Enlightenment happened and Europe got out from under the thumb of the church. 
So what happened there was the people who were still holding fast to Torah drew a line in the sand. And they said, we're not, we're not leaving Torah. We're not leaving Judaism. And they, you know what they developed? They developed something called a yeshiva. There's never been a yeshiva. You know we never had yeshivas? 2,000 years ago, there were places where top scholars would gather and study. But there was never yeshiva. They created yeshiva saying that, no, it used to be when you were 12 years old, you learned to trade. And by the time you were 13 in all the Sephardic countries, when you were 12, you learned to trade. By the time you were bar mitzvah, you work. But they developed yeshivas that when you were 12, you didn't learn to trade. You studied and you studied and you studied and you studied because we may be poor because we don't know how to do anything for a living, but at least we're not going to lose our traditions. And that was the black hat community. Well, today, today we're seeing an, an, it's devolving. Like then it was evolving into this kind of black hat thing. And then now we're, it's devolving because you see the teens are like jump, jumping out of there as quickly as, as they can. So, it's, so now there's a devolution going on, which is all part of some big plan. We're not sure what the plan is now, but I've definitely got my finger on the pulse. I just, I'm not a prophet. I don't know where this is going to go. But there's definitely cho- teenagers. Or t- I mean, the, the majority of people in this classroom were raised in that, and you see they're coming to Aish for answers now. Think who's in this classroom right now. It's all people that I'm describing are from those black hat communities, all the girls in here, and several of the boys. And, they, uh, and they're like, they want answers, you know? And they want to know where they fit into a world that, that took away individuality. You know, secular people are really good at individuality. <laughs> a little too good at individuality. <laughs> and everyone's got their own tattoo, you know? And now... So when the state of Israel was built and the Europeans came to Israel, they, uh, they already were ready for the secular Zionists. Meaning they came armed from 150 years of water under the bridge. So the, so the state of Israel was like no match for the black hat world. They, were just, they just came in. Deals were made with Ben-Gurion. You guys just study your Torah and we'll handle the state of Israel. Hoping that they would disappear, that the yeshiva people would disappear. They didn't disappear. They actually had gigantic birth rates in an amazing medical system that could support such birthing. And so they just secretly grew under the radar, like in number, the black hat world. While the, the industrialists, the secularists, they created the state. And the, uh, I told you about the Yemenites already. And anyway, but that's basically the story of our state. But what's interesting about all of this is that Joseph, who was the, the, uh, the father of redemption in Egypt, just did the secular stuff. Joseph, our Joseph, in Egypt. What did he do? He gathered stuff, gathered the plenty for seven years, and then distributed it to the world for seven years. He was, he was, a, like, he was like Alan Greenspan. He was the treasurer of the planet. Totally secular role. And Joseph then... But to us, Joseph's known as this holy tzaddik. He's called Joseph the tzaddik, the holy man. And so make up your mind. Is he secular and he handles physical infrastructure or is he spiritual? And he's Joseph the tzaddik, the holy man. Which one? And the answer is, when you look at the tzaddik, is you'll see that the tzaddik, that letter, every letter in Hebrew is a pictorial. It's also numbers and stuff. For example, that's a nun, that's a yud. 
Okay, so so the tzaddik. If, but if you make it into a guy doing yoga, yeah. <laughs> so you see, his hands are in heaven. Remember, the upper part of a letter is always heavenward. His hands are in heaven, but he's like totally in this world. It's the opposite of a monk who's like just he's, a monk is like a yud, you know, not in this world. But the tzaddik, like you can't even be a rabbi if you're not married. Okay, you got that. No, there's no respect until you're married. In Judaism, you got to be because why? If you're married now, you got to make a living because you got to feed those kids because the kids are going to come. And if you got to feed the kids, it means you got to be in commerce, it means you got to be involved in this world, you got to be the Joseph, the Joseph in the world. But people get wiped out by this world real quick, so you got to be the tzaddik whose hands are up in heaven. So you got to be practical and spiritual at the same time. You got to be in the world, you got to be out of the world, feet on the ground, head in the clouds. Okay, that's that's Joseph. Now, Joseph, by no coincidence. Is the numerical value? I'm just going to add the word Greece here. Is the word Greece? Okay. Um, the word Greece in Hebrew is Yavan Yud Vav Nun. And look at it as a pictorial. Remember, this is spiritual, and the uh, and the bottom line is physical. So look at the word look at the word Yavan Yud. Totally spiritual letter, like a monk. It's pure idea. It's just the form of ideas. Who had better ideas than the Greeks? I mean, to this day, our mental furniture comes from them. Including politics, the democracy, that's Greek. How about implementation? Look what a vav is. A vav is just a yud implemented into the physical. Okay? A vav is just implemented. It just implements into the physical. That's what a, 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 a vav is just a yud, but implemented. So, like, for the last, I'm a yud personality. And for the last, I don't know, 12, 15 years, I've always had a vav working for me. And you'll notice people always break down between creatives and implementers. Creatives and there's, there's people who are creative thinkers and visionaries, and then there's implementers. And you'll notice in this room it'll break down in a half. Who are the creative? Everyone's got to vote. Raise your hand if you're from the creative flow types, creative flow. And raise your hand if you're more of an implementer. Okay? Normally it breaks down half and half. There's a little, little more on the creative side. Okay? And you're definitely creative. <laughs> Noah's sons created the first yeshiva, right? And Yaakov We just use that terminology. That's not what we mean. Noah's yeah. sons created the yeshiva, the first one, right? We, that's just a creative use of the word yeshiva. I'm talking about today's modern-day yeshiva. There's a seat here if you want, up front. Just be careful my cable. Okay, come on this way. You can come this way. Anyway, guys, Yud, great, careful the camera. Great ideas, Vav, Implementer. What's the final Nun? If this line's the physical, what's below the physical? Anyone want to take a stab at it? What's below the physical? Roots. What? Roots. Roots, okay. Worse. <laughs> Worse. Worse than roots. Think about it. You got light, spiritual. Then you got all the way down to the physical, which is pretty dark, right? And then you got below <laughs> the physical. Yeah, someone said it. I heard something. Dark. Okay, it's the dark side. It's the dark. There's, there's, there's something called the dark side, okay? And that's the dark side. Well, on the spiritual level, on the spiritual level, the dark side is uh, freaky and de- like kind of de- demonic, demon style, like on a spiritual level. But you're not going to see that kind of stuff probably on your way to Seven Eleven. But but it, it's definitely on the spiritual level. It's pretty demonic. You can see that stuff, and you got to be careful of that kind of stuff. Um, but on the physical level, it'd be like it'd be like, hey. What if we split an atom? Maybe we could power a whole city with clean power. Hey, we can. This is like, 
hey, let's attach it to a warhead and dominate the planet. That's the dark side. So on a spiritual level, it is goobly and gobbly, but in the physical world, it is it is not having a moral voice. We're excellent. Human beings are excellent in ideas. We're excellent in implementation. But if we don't have the tzaddik, who's always informing how to, how to interact with the world righteously, so it always goes down, the tubes. Always goes down. Like, automobiles are wonderful, but, you know, another kid was run over, you know, in Jerusalem yesterday, a three-year-old, right in front of his house. So that's like... You know, that, there, maybe that was preventable. Maybe not. Maybe not. But it could have been some knucklehead speeding. And he didn't have his... He wasn't wearing the tzaddik thing in a neighborhood filled with kids in Ramat Shlomo. Okay? So it's like the, the Greek system's always going to have... It's going to fall hard eventually every time. And that's like greed. You know, that's like pure capitalist greed type stuff. And then, But when you put the tzaddik on there, what does it spell? Sion, which is the word Zion. I'm a lion in Zion. Yeah? It spells the word Zion. Because when you add Sion, when you add the Greeks to the Tzaddik, and I mentioned this is a nun, so it's like the nun raised his feet up from the dark side. And he, he, he has all of his ideas informed with goodness. So that's the Tzaddik. And that's Zion. Now, by no coincidence, it's the numerical value. The word Zion is the numerical value. Cut that red pen, please. It's the numerical value that Sadiq is 90, Navav is 10. Um, just for those into Kabbalah and metaphysics and stuff, Hebrew letters are actually numbers. The entire thing is just digits. And there are people on the Kabbalistic level who are only learning strings of information when they study the Torah. That's all they're learning is just patterns that are moving, and those who know quantum physics get along really well with them, because they know that this is all vibrational. For example, is this English I'm speaking right now? I'm not, I have not said one word of English. All I'm doing is sending vibrational patterns through the air. It's hitting a tympanic membrane in your head called eardrums. It's going up nerves into your neurons. Your neurons, you have billions of these neurons that either fire or don't fire. Fire or don't fire. They're binary. And what they do is they match everything I'm saying with every bit of English you've ever heard and coming out in real time with English. But there's no English being said here. And the same goes with everything you're looking at, too. It's all going on digitally. This whole entire creation is digital, and that's why all the Hebrew letters are digits, because everything's going on digitally. And the whole system, when we say the world was created with words, what we're really saying it was created with digits. whole system is made of digits. Now... The, uh, so that's 90 plus 10 plus uh, 6 plus 50 equals what? 156, which is numerical value by no coincidence with the word Yosef, which is 10 plus 6 plus 60 plus 80, which shows you ultimately... That, um, let me just put that in English, uh, Joseph. Oops, should have put it in green, whatever. So that, that shows you that Joseph has this. It, Joseph is all about Zion. He's about physicality. And he's, but he's also about rising above the physicality. And that's why we always learn the story of Joseph going down to the pit and then rising out 
And just like the state of Israel rose out of the pit of the hell of Europe, that rising up, that's Joseph. We always read that when we read about when we're in the holiday of what? Hanukkah, when we fought the war against Greece. When the Jews got Greece out of Israel, that's when we always read the story about Joseph and about the ascension of the tzaddik who raises up Yavim, raises up the physical. <laughs> now, the, the word spiritual is made up of ritual, which is, uh, that's the what, and spirit is the why. Okay? It's what and why, which in Hebrew is the word lama, or why is, is lama, lima, and what is ma. Ma and lima, what, why. Okay, just like he, Spanish is que and porque. What is que, porque, why. Same as Hebrew. And the reason why this makes someone spiritual is because, is because when you only have the spirit behind something, like let's say, there's, in every, by the way, everything you do has spirit and ritual. Everything you do. If you're married, so there's the rituals of life in, as a married person. It's all the do's and don'ts. And then there's the spirit of the marriage, which is love. That's love. Okay? You, but you need them both. You can't ignore one without it. You can't tell someone you love them while totally ignoring what they hate. Okay? And the, and the opposite is true. You can't just do what they say and, and avoid what they don't want and then not tell them you love them and not be involved in a relationship. So that's the spirit. But this is going on in everything you do. So when, for example, let's say you do something a lot and then you eventually get bored of it, you'll stop doing it because it'll lose its spirit. Because spirit is the soul of the thing. Spirit is the soul. That's why you can't video it. It's the soul of it. Well, ritual's the body. But what do you call a body without a soul? Dead. Dead. So the same thing happens if you've ever joined a gym and we're really excited because you were somewhat inspired about something that got you in there. But if you start losing sight of why you got in there and all you're left with is what, which is machines and barbells and stuff like that, you're going to quit. And that's why it's so important to reevaluate what we do in life because everything tends to die on us. So you have to always reevaluate what you're doing to get back to the whys and why you do it. But raise your hand if you were taught a Judaism that was only the what and not the why. And no one got involved in the deeper stuff of their Judaism. Raise your hand if that happened to you. Okay? And so you were given dead, you were given a dead Judaism. That was a dead Judaism. It was just what without the why. It was the ritual without the spirit. This also tells you that if you know someone meditating all day, is that a spiritual person or a spirit person? And if you also know someone who's just very into ritual but not connective, what kind of person is that? A spiritual person or a ritual person? So the person who's a spiritual person is a person who's involved both the spirit and the ritual. So they're putting it all together. That makes a spiritual person. They got body and soul put together. You gotta be married, which means you're gonna have kids, which means you're gonna have to pay for them, which means you gotta go to work, which means you're gonna get in arguments, and it's gonna be, you're gonna have to start pulling out tractates of Talmud. Mm-hmm. See, Westerners make a terrible mistake of separating church and state. They separate church and state. And so that's a huge mistake. God doesn't separate that. Why would we? 
And so what happens with them is they say have kids, and then you have kids, and they say, now i got to pay for them. Now you got to work. you got to work. they get arguments. They start pounding each other over the head with clubs. You know how long they've had a court of law that you could actually drag a business person into? Like you're in business, you know, some kind of commerce. You know how long you've been able to drag someone into a court of law in Westernism? In, sorry, in Western history? I don't know either. I think it's about 100 years. Maybe 150. Not 200. Courts are brand new in Western civilization. There was, you had no recourse. You fought. You get in a giant family where you start killing each other's relatives and stuff. That's what people did. Because they separate church and state. And then, of course, you go to church. Ask for forgiveness or something. If the Torah itself, very first commandment in the whole book is be fruitful and multiply. That's the first Torah commandment. You know why that's the first commandment, Brad? God figured when you'd read that one, you'd keep reading. <laughs> Every book needs a good opener. Okay? So, yeah, but it's an iceberg commandment because it looks nice and sweet, but when you click on it, it takes you down under the water to a 3,000 meter iceberg attached to the earth. And that's... That's all the responsibility that comes with marriage because you can't do it if you're not married. If you're not married, the kids don't turn out so well. Every sociological study tells you that. If the parents aren't married, good luck for the kids. Sorry to say that with all the progressives out there, but it's just not a, not a good idea to be raising children outside of uh, traditional marriage, man and woman marriage. And the... And the, and the uh, and the other is that uh, you're going to have to make a living. Well, the same Torah that tells you to be fruitful, multiply, has tractate after tractate after tractate of Talmudic law how to deal in the courts with things so that everything is done right, so that if their mistakes are made, which happen a lot in business, you both come out on top because you figured out what was right in court. And you may lose a little there, but you win ultimately because you want to be clean with God and your fellow person. So separating these things, you know, you don't want to separate church and state. You want to make sure that the same Torah that's commanding you to get married and have children is the same Torah that's going to help you in all the situations there. Just on marriage alone, there's, there's some seven, eight tractates of Talmud just on marriage. And then all the business you're going to have to do to pay for that has, has I don't even know how many tractates, a bunch of tractates. All the way down to a whole tractate this fat on real estate law. Because you're going to have to build a home and you have to deal with, with real estate. And there's a lot of laws in real estate. And we've got a whole tract in real estate. Okay. Um, that was your. Oh, you got another question? Follow up question before the camera. Side, all that that wasn't really. I don't really understand it because honestly, I don't see evil. I haven't seen it yet. I trust me, I looked. I love like all this. You know, whenever I look at you go into those those shops with the, like the crystals and the freaky looking people, giant hair You go to those exactly places. What I do. Um, but seriously, like every time I looked at something, that's that I'm like, oh, that's bad. And then, you know, I went on with my life, and then I got to that same spot that before I looked at, and I, I looked down on it, and I said, oh, that's bad. So now what I categorized as evil or a anything negative, suddenly I see it in a different light, and I see that it's not that. So my question is, like, 
what when you say evil, what do you mean? Because I really haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, but I got a question for you. Have you ever seen spirituality? It's kind of a big thing to say, like I can make up whatever I want. Or, like I can say that I'm a spiritual person, but I don't really know. So now we've got a definition, a working definition for spirituality so that you've seen and you've experienced in your life. I defined it totally different than you're defining it right now. That you do things with your body that we could video during the day, and some of those things you do are inspired, and you probably do them a lot. That's why with the what? Spiritual. I like what you're saying. I like that. So, okay, I'm willing to handle evil a little bit. You want me to deal with it? <laughs> I don't usually do this very often. Um, okay, here we go. Evil time. <laughs> here comes evil. So, okay, here we go. So, this is the way it works. And how I know this is only because I'm connected to a very high teacher who, uh, if anyone will be here late Thursday night, can get totally blown out by the Merlin that I go to on Thursday nights, who is someone who only sleeps two hours a day for the last four years, only eats what keeps his body alive, and spends the 22 hours a day awake in full conscious moment-to-moment, like literally white-knuckled roller coaster ride living. Hmm. And he never leaves his seat. <laughs> He's a serious Merlin. So let's, let's go evil for a little bit. Um, so it works like this. Everything's made of light energy. I'm not going to ask you to have a physics background for this, but everything in the physical world of matter is from light energy. Kabbalah tells us that everything physical is made of light energy as well, not just physics, but Kabbalah says the same thing. Now, how light energy creates matter is a department in every university called theoretical physics, because it's always relegated to theory, because no one's ever going to get an instrument of measure to measure something outside space and time, because there is no way to measure outside space and time. So it's called theoretical physics. There they study how light energy became matter. Okay? Now... Since everything is made of light energy, so how do you create, I'm just getting some light, just need some light. So how do you create something out of light energy? Uh, maybe we should do this on the camera here. Can you see me on there? <laughs> so what happens is when you have light, all you get is light. Light only makes more light. And so anything that God would want to create from light and we're not even going into why light and how light. Let's just leave it at that. But anything light makes, it is. Anything you, it makes, it is. It'd be like if you're, you, you ever done dug in sand near the shore and the waves keep coming in? So if you dig a little trench, the water fills in there. But if you dig more, it fills in there and it fills in there and fills in there. Meaning the light just is going to fill in everything. So anything light makes, it is. It's going to be made of light, and therefore you can't make. Therefore, God's stuck. He can't make a creation unless He filters the light. And if He filters the light, so suddenly there's an image 
as you may see, there's an image on the board now, yeah? And that image on the board is the, is the occultation of light, which created something dark. But the darkness was only cre- is only created by, via the light, because if, if you turn off the light and I left my fingers on here, you'd see my, the image disappear. So it's clearly being projected by the light, yet at the same time, being, it's concealing the light, which is kind of paradoxical. So we can try that. Um, uh, go ahead, uh, not that you hit the top light switch, we'll just watch my fingers disappear without me moving my fingers. Watch the board. Okay, let me turn it back on. So it, it, it gets kind of interesting that way. It's a very deep, diffuse, psychedelic-style thinking <laughs> about light and, uh, and the diffusion of light. But anyway, the bottom line is we got darkness on the board because I have filtered out some light. Now, if I can filter out enough light to create some darkness, so then that means that I could also create, create gradations of darkness, that there could be levels of darkness. And in fact, there are levels of darkness. And there are four levels of darkness that the Kabbalists dis- discuss. Three of the four are, t- are evil, and we'll be getting into that because that's your question. What's your name, by the way? Sarah. Three of the four are true evil. One of the four is neutral darkness. So there's four levels of darkness, one neutral, three totally dark. Now, the, uh, and when I'm use- anytime I'm using the word dark, I'm talking evil, okay? We're always talking evil here. And so the neutral one, though, is eh, maybe not so evil. But it is evil in a certain way because it's concealed light. Well, concealed light and evil are going to kind of go together. Now, in order for us to have a physical world, God had to conceal enough light so that we could have actual physicality. Our world is woven out of these, out of these filtered systems that are called in Hebrew the olamos. The word olamos can mean worlds or universes, but what it really means, the word olam really means hidden. In other words, when you filter light, just like a movie filters light, yeah, with a, with a lens, with a film, it's filtering light. So the olamos are filtering out light. And, the, and which is the word, the word hidden and world are the same word in Hebrew. Now, now, that filtering out creates neutral darkness, which is this room right now, which is your clothing you're wearing right now. It's neutral darkness. In Hebrew, that's called klipos, klipot, which means the shells, meaning the cover-up. Like when you eat an almond, you have to get through the, first got to get through the klipa. When you eat a banana, you got a klipa. In fact, the word to peel means is lekalef, to pull off the klipa. Now, our whole entire physical world is made of what's called in, in Kabbalah, klipas noga, which means neutral klipa. It's a klipa that is penetrable by light, which is in Kabbalah is called kedusha, sanctity. Okay, so now we've got sanctity and we're going to have evil. Okay, so klipas noga, this neutral realm we're in right now, is the penetrable klipa. It's penetrable by kedusha. Now, uh, below this level, which we had on the board as the nun, the final nun going into the darkness, okay, which is the fallen. That's why Ashrei skips the nun there, right? You notice we say, we say, uh, Hashem. It skips to the samech. It's going through the alphabet. It skips the nun. It shows up on the samech that God supports all the fallen ones because the nun represents the falling into darkness. 
And uh, what there in the dark side is what's called the Klippas Timaeus Legamre. It's the totally impure Klippas, and there's three levels of them. Each level has its own name. One of them is like Ruach Sa'ara, Stormwind, which we'll be getting tonight. You know, it's supposed to be major storms tonight. There may even be snow. And, the, and so the, there's these three levels of evil that are, that are there. Now, those levels of evil are, are thankfully delineated in a very, very tight list of things to watch out for called the mitzvahs loisa, say the 365 negative commandments. So our Torah has given us 365 things to watch out for. Gentiles also have to watch out, but they only have to watch out for five things. Okay, there's five things they have to stay away from because if you get involved in klipa, in the, sorry, the klipa is Timaeus Legamre, the real impure so then if you get stuck in that stuff, it sticks onto you. It actually gloms onto you. And now you're in it, and you're stuck in it, but it gets even more freakier because whatever you touched in Klippus Noga that you dragged down to Klippus, whatever you touched in the neutral that you dragged down now gets stuck inside this realm. That's a, all, By the way, all this system's coming down. So at the very bottom, there's this substrate called Gehenim. And in that substrate called Gehenim, and forget everything you've ever heard the word Gehenim. Forget you've ever heard that word. It's just a substrate in the system. Okay? That substrate called Gehenim is where the, where the, the things in the Olamos coming down, like anyone got a piece of fruit here? Anyone got a piece of fruit in the room? No one's got a piece of fruit in this whole room? <laughs> she got a piece of fruit. Thank you. So what happens is, you can imagine this apple is coming down the system of... Uh, of creation, the app, thank you so much. This apple's coming down the system. Now, way up high in the system is just the words, let there be vegetation upon the earth. Because that those words are creating this apple. If God were to stop those words, you'd literally watch this apple disappear. If God were to stop saying, let there be vegetation upon the earth from Genesis, the apple would disappear, would, so would all the cotton in this room too, so this room would get really interesting. <laughs> I'd be about the only one dressed right now because I'm wearing a wool vest. Wow. I mean, I'd be looking like, you know, Freddie Mercury from Queen, you know, but <laughs> and I'm wearing wool pants, but, you know, no underwear. Okay, so, anyway, anyway, but let there be vegetation. Let there be vegetation is literally coming down the digital system, which is all light. It's all light, just filter light, filter light, filter light. And then eventually this hits a chamber of vegetation, which is where apple trees are and where they grow from, because they're literally growing from there. You should really see apple trees upside down from now on when you see them, because their real root is up there. Yeah, apple trees, I know they grow from down up, but they're really growing from up down. And, and then what happens is it, po- it stops coming down. You imagine this apple's got wings. It's like an angelic apple. And then, boom, down here I got an apple. Whoa. Now... I take this apple, if I stole it, or I dip it in pig juice, or, I, or, or it's from the untithed apples that go to Kohanim, and that, you know, that have to go to a Kohen or a Levite or something, so it's untithed, so now it also hits the list of 365. The 365s you watch out for. By the way, if you do one of the 365, guess what happens? You get locked under your Zodiac influence which is no good for a Jew. Jews don't have a Zodiac influence unless they, avoid, unless they ignore the 365 negative commandments and then they get their 365 Zodiac influence starts influencing them big time. In other words, your horoscope is irrelevant to you unless, of course, you're not keeping the negative commandments, at which point then your horoscope suddenly does have importance. So maybe you shouldn't have gone out today. I don't know. Now, anyway, 
Or I pray to the apple instead of to God, meaning I turn the apple into idolatry. Or I put an apple, an idol on top of the apple, and now it's an accessory to idolatry. And then I eat the apple, or I hit someone in the head with the apple, whatever it is. But the apple leaves the realm it was coming down and drops into Gehenna and gets stuck there. And I'm only going to eat that, meet that apple when I die. Unless I do tshuva. Now you can do tshuva. And like raise the apple back out. And that's why we go through the olive bed when we do tshuva. Ashanu, bet, baganu, gimel, gazal. And we go down. Because we're going down like the apple went down. And we got to raise that apple up out of, that, out of Gehenna, out of that substrate that we have to... We, you have to traverse that substrate when your soul... When you lose your... When your body and soul separate, your soul is going to traverse that substrate. So it better do tshuva before that because you don't want to meet this apple. Because he's, he's got a chainsaw. And he's going to be like, I remember you. And you're like, I remember you. Anyway, so then it turns horror movie again. So, anyway, bottom line is, is you can actually take something from neutral and bring it to the dark side. But then there's things that are just on the list of the dark side. And, and things on the list of the dark side are all the negative command, things that are like, you know, like, a, like things like pig are on the dark side, things like that. Now, the dark side gets all of it. It feeds off the side of light. It feeds from the light. That's what feeds it. There's no such thing as evil separate than God. Because the whole system, which is made of, um, to be more accurate, Elokus, the name Elohim, it's all made of Elokus. Well, well there's, e- there's Elokus feeding even the dark side because nothing can exist except for God creating it. And so that's dark. I realize we have a lot more to talk about if we want to go into the dark side. Um, Sarah, can you come back tomorrow, by any chance? We'll go deeper into this. Uh, tomorrow, I Thursday? You can WhatsApp me. Let me know what day you're doing, and we'll, we'll come to, to that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Please subscribe. Whoever is, any YouTubers in the room? YouTubers? YouTubers? Please subscribe to my channel on YouTube, and, uh, or you can join on Facebook. And I'm also on Tour Anytime every day. Thank you, Tour Anytime. Shalom, everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.